Good stuff from Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports. Hold on one second. I hear something in the background. Try to cut that out here. It is the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper riding solo. Little hiccup there. I heard some talk about Caleb Williams in the background. You know, it's all right. You know, I, I'm not trying to just cut out the, the Caleb Williams talk, but I do want to get to my buddy Joey Wagner on the Tapman's towing phone line. Alana Inquire was over on the note of the draft at the NBA dr NFL draft combine. I was holding it down so well the first hour, Joey. Now I'm just falling apart. What's up, man? What's going on? Would you uh, got the twenty four seven bat phone going today, huh? I do. Yeah, I just called up all my buddies uh, that work for the same company as I do, and uh, figured I'd fill a, fill a show. So uh, you came up next. I had Trotter last segment. I'm going to have Ryan James from uh, the Minnesota site at four thirty. So that's pretty much the the way I went. You read me like a book. Hey, I got a tough act to follow. Trotter's the best man. I listen to him on the way from getting bats from Indy. He's good. He usually get a lot of good basketball stuff from him. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, on the football note, though, uh, it's always good to talk some NFL draft. And I imagine for Brett Bielema, good to have a prospect, multiple prospects in the mix, especially another one in the first round range. I know you spoke with and got to interview Johnny Newton, also Keith Randolph today. Before we get into all that, though, Joey, I wanted, as someone that hasn't covered an event like that, can you just set the scene? Uh, you know, we've gotten to go to some pretty cool things uh, over the years. I, you know, me and you on the basketball side, but what's it like going to a, a draft combine and just seeing the sights and sounds and the people in the building? You know, it's really cool. Uh, a lot of that's going to pick up later in this week when they get on the field and they're able to do what they're there to do, which is run. But just to, to kind of look around, like I'll go Friday morning and that's quarterback day. So I was like, oh, your, your new future best friend, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, all of these guys. It's like, dang, this is, to, to go there and just to see those guys in that environment and just see them, right? Like, just talking number one, number two, whatever overall picks these guys all end up being. It's, it's a really, really cool thing. The uh, the actual podium sessions with these guys is a little bit of a uh, – I mean, Derek, you know, I get a little tense on some of those. And, <laughs> they, you know, it's, look, I get it. Everyone's got a job to do. So, it's, have you talked to in 13? And it's like – can we just ask him who he's talked to? Can we just we can cut out probably six of these questions if we just ask who he's talked to? But everyone there, right? They're all trying to get their own stuff for the teams that they cover. So it'd be a little bit of a grab bag. But Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, they were really good, really open about their process and their respective injuries. Johnny's one he's currently dealing with, and Keith Randolph one he dealt with during the season. So I, I thought those two were really impressive today. On the note of Johnny, just. I know that here recently he's fallen out of some projections in the first round. I'm not asking you to be, uh, you know, Alana inquires Mel Kuyper and tell me exactly where he's going to go or anything like that. But how do you think he's just handled some of the the uncertainty uh, of just the, the foot issue? Not that it's going to be something that really, you know, derails his career or anything like that. But uh, was he asked about just kind of his headspace dealing with that and, maybe what he can show at a pro day potentially to to put some confidence back in some teams' minds, if that is even wavering. But, you know, you're, you're splitting hairs when you're talking about one guy versus another in the first round. And even if he weren't were to fall, like another Field Yates, and, and there's another 
draft expert out there that, that dropped him out of their their first round mock, but I would imagine that he still has a pretty good shot to be in there, if not high in the second round. Yeah, he doesn't seem bothered by it. And really, look, he played. He said he didn't remember exactly which game uh, he hurt got hurt last year, but he played. You know, for let's say a number of games. I don't know how many, but I would imagine more than two. Um, but with this injury, and none of us knew. None of us right. knew. And he said, "I'm pretty good at keeping a secret, huh?" Like, well, yeah. And you played like it too. I mean, you played really, really. really. You're an All-American for a reason. But yeah, you've seen him over the course. You know, early on. Derek in this draft process and so much changes, right? Like every mock draft feels like there's some change. You're like, wait, what? But early on, he was the number one interior defensive lineman on a lot of people's boards. Slipped a little bit down um, down the list there. The Texas kid, Byron Murphy, that's his name, has come up to pass him. And, you know, that happened really before the foot stuff came out. I think there's, look, he doesn't have the measurables that, that a lot of these some franchises are very measurable driven. Like if your arms aren't this or your height's not this, he doesn't have some of those things. And he knows that, but he, he plays in a way that that's not really the biggest issue. I mean, he led the nation in pressures from the interior defensive line. He uses his hands, his quickness, his strength in ways that help him, um, you know, kind of overcome some of those measurables that, that he doesn't have. But I, so yeah, I mean, you've seen that slip. I don't think it's any more, that you see him in the top 15. It's more in the back half of the first round. There's obviously a financial component that comes with that. But you're also going to a much better team. Right? I mean, I saw a mock draft today when I was writing, and it's like 28 to the Chiefs. You're not in the top 15, but you're going to the Chiefs. Right? Yeah. So, like, there's or the Bengals or something along those lines. So, that's, I mean, it's kind of a give and take on that front. In terms of his foot, I don't know. I mean, he's got so much production. And, and this was a, it sounds up and sound like the, you know, I guess they described it as a small fracture, the, the Jones fracture, which is around your pinky toe. And you didn't know. I, I don't know that that's going to ultimately be a big deal. And I, I think he's a guy that maybe you see him more in that second round until his pro day. I think he's going to test well. And he thinks he's going to test well. And then you see the, a guy at his size and with his production, you start putting in some of those measurements and those testing numbers there. And maybe you see him with the late push back up into that, you know, kind of that, you know, early 20s on down to the first round. So long story, like I do think he'll probably end up being a first round pick, but it might be one of those where a lot of people don't think of it like that until that pro and he puts up some, some pretty good numbers. I know during the season, Jay Lehman always talked about just the way that he can turn the corner for being that size and, and being an inter interior defensive lineman. We saw the pressures he would when he turned on a on a tackle or if he if he pulled or what what have you. That was pretty impressive. I, I don't know, you know, Joey. We're not out there when we cover certain stuff. We we watch drills. I don't know what they're called. Like when they they turn around a you know they they make that turn around a cone or whatnot. You know, we the three cone drill. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, the three cone. Yeah, with that basketball. I, I don't know, you know. There's a cone drill, yeah, yeah, yeah. We see treadmills, we see cones, we see all this stuff. We just <laughs> well, listen. I mean, even when Johnny got here in the class of 2020, well, remember that to not be the best class Illinois ever recruited, by the way. But if there, there was a video of former strength coach Lou Hernandez had, had tweeted out, and it's Johnny. They're doing stadium laps, and here's Big Johnny Newton, formerly a running back, but still a, a large man, and he is far and away ahead of everybody else, all the other freshmen in that class up the stairs. I know that's referenced a lot in you know, Illinois fan circles. There. We see it on the message boards a bit, but like you kind of knew then like, Oh wow. Someone that big. I mean, we're talking 
know, 15, 20 steps ahead of people. It was really like, even back then you saw that and then he's gotten bigger and he's still fast, as you mentioned, and Jay's mentioned, and he's just got just so, so, so much production to back that up. Joey Wagner's our guest on the Tapman's Towing phone line. You know the voice. You follow him on Twitter at Mr. Wagner 25. I know that a part of the process as you're a draft pick and, and you, you meet with teams, you have the interviews and you, I know that it's, it's usually a lot about what's on the tape and obviously he's going to impress there, but you, people do want to know from a personality standpoint, work ethic standpoint, what they're going to get. And usually you imagine someone that has played at that high of a level for the most part, I think in, in a general sense is, is usually someone that puts the work in and whatnot. It's, and it's not always the case as far as that goes, but I do want to ask you before we move on to Keith that, You've been around Johnny a lot. I know that when we had him, him and Keith both in the show, they came to Game Day Spirit, and that was just a riot. Those two together, uh, of course. But what have you noticed about Johnny from a personality standpoint, and what do you think he'll? What What, what do you think teams will learn about him as they get to know him a little bit more intimately? I think, as you mentioned, like he's a personable guy. I think he's going to impress in those interviews just in the way that he, he feels comfortable in pretty much every setting that I've seen him in, in terms of a media setting or a one-on-one setting. And he works hard. Like he's got a lot of siblings, older siblings. And you go back in his story, like that's kind of all he's known is just work hard, keep up with them. And I think that, that comes through. I talked to uh, Dane Brugler at the athletic today for just to kind of recap some of these guys. And he said, he's the same guy in the fourth quarter as he is in the first quarter. I'm like, yeah, that's on film in terms of the way he plays. But you can also just hear that in how he talks and how he approaches the game and the way that he those motors constantly going. I think people are going to be impressed with that. The guy's confident. Like Johnny Newton is very confident, and that comes across. It, it takes literally almost no time. I said, what do you want to show when you do run? That I'm still a running back? And then he goes into actually saying you know, how fast he is, and he's got all this like. You can just feel that coming from him, and it doesn't feel manufactured or fake. I think people are going to buy into that. By all accounts and interactions we've had, he seems like a good guy. I think that's going to come across. I think all of those guys over there, Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, Isaiah Williams, Tip Ryan, and Isaiah Adams, Julian Pearl, like they're going to they're going to do fine in that interview spot because, I mean, we've talked to them now for three, four years or however long it's been with these guys, two for Isaiah Adams. And you can just sense it. Like anyone who's watched their interview, you can sense that, like, okay, you put them in a room with a GM or a scout or a coach or whoever it is, and they're not going to be, you know, taken aback by them. Like they're going to be okay in there. They're going to be able to, to talk about themselves and what they can bring. And I think that matters. Like you do a lot of the measurement stuff on the field, and all that's necessary. Johnny Newton will not in Indianapolis, obviously, as he recovers from that foot surgery. But that, that part matters, too, to get in there, get a face-to-face, and sit down and get to learn one another. Like you mentioned, Johnny likes to remind people that he was a running back. The other side of that law firm likes to remind people that he was and still is a basketball player, that being Keith Randolph. What did you <laughs> take away from his interview session today and, and just kind of where things are at with him? He wants to prove he's healthy. And I think he turned on the tape last year, and you can see that Keith Randolph wasn't 100%, because 100% Keith Randolph, not that he wasn't a good football player, he was all Big Ten last year, but you, when, when he's on, he's 100%. You can see that. That's what he said. He said, I want to prove I'm healthy. And I said, well, how much did that ankle bother you? He said, yeah. Yeah, I heard a lot. I mean, like, you're talking every, every, every other step you take, you've got to kind of grit your teeth and, and play. And I think that's, 
kind of that toughness is going to resonate when, when he does interviews. So I think it's big for him to go over there and, and run well and to put up some of those, those measurables, those testing, those drills, whatever you want to call them. Because I do think that, you know, his season last year wasn't as productive, I think, as you maybe would have hoped. I think that ankle injury had a lot to do with it. But he said, hey, I'm versatile. I can play. You put me, you know, anywhere on the defensive line, and I'm going to come through. I don't see myself as a defensive line or tackle or end. I see myself as a defensive lineman. And, again, a lot like Johnny, you talk to Keith too, Derek. He's confident. He's very confident in who he is, what he can do on the football field. Now he's just got to show that, hey, he's fully healthy. He, Johnny, Julian Pearl have been training down in Florida uh, with a bunch of other pros. And I thought Keith had just a really good quote today. He said, you get here and you look left and you look right, and there's so many talented players, and there are, right? It's the best players in the country. And he goes, you know, like, oh, wow. And he says, then I go back to my hotel room and I look in the mirror. I'm like, you know, I'm one of those guys too. And I thought that quote really stuck line. with me for, for, for as much as, you know, maybe the season statistically wasn't what you had hoped or what he had hoped. Uh, he's still a guy who believes he should be there, and he's a guy who's played when he's healthy like he should be there. So I think it's a good opportunity for him to show all of that there and just to go in there and get a chance. And like Johnny, talk to people and impress with the way that you carry yourself and the confidence you have in yourself. I'm looking back in January. It looks like Pro Football Focus did a mock, had him going fifth round to the Ravens. Do you, you think kind of in that – those middle rounds is probably where you're going to see a Keith Randolph, especially, and it, it does hurt that he wasn't 100% last year, but it does help to, to have that versatility amongst the line. And like you mentioned with Johnny, I mean, if he does end up, which you never know in the middle of the, you know, the fourth or fifth round type of type of talk could, could be going to anybody, but putting him on a, a prominent defense would be pretty fun to watch if you're just a kind of the, the casual NFL, you know, sit back on a Sunday ticket or whatever and, see him on a team that's that's usually in the mix yeah I, I look i again there's financial differences in those slots and you don't get as much when you go to a good team because you're, you're further on down mm, down yep. that list but you're, you're also you can see the benefits of a you know a city brown right going to the eagles and getting that opportunity like, there are benefits obviously to going to a good team and finding a scenario or a situation that, that really can help maximize you so, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the guy, let's look at the six guys who are at the Combine for Illinois. You know, I think Johnny Newton is going to end up being a day-one guy. I, I just, I think by the time he puts those numbers out there in test, he's going to be a day-one guy. His production and the, the depth of that position this year. And then maybe Isaiah Adams could be a guy who gets into day two. I, I know he, he was really, really impressive at the Senior Bowl. Um, a lot of scouts know that, hey, he's not a tackle. And that tackle film wasn't particularly great all the time. And I think that's a pretty understood thing. But the guard film from that 2022 year was really, really good. And he showed some versatility at center. So if I had to pick a guy to jump into that day two, which is the second or third round, I'd say he could be that guy. And then you look at your, as you mentioned, Keith Randolph, Isaiah Williams, Tip Ryman, Julian Pearl, as those day three guys and NIL and the ability to return as Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph did last year has maybe softened a little bit of that seventh round, that sixth, seventh round where guys who maybe would have been undrafted free agents could maybe slide in there. A Julian Pearl, you know, there, there's some inconsistency with his tape, but he's got the measurables. And if you're a team that is, you're all in on measurables, you know, he's a guy you would want to take a flyer on because he's so athletic and he's long and he's got all of those things, you know, rather than having to battle it out in free agency. So I think you got a, a day one 
possibly a day two, and then a, you know four, three four, however it turns out, day three guys. A few more minutes here with Joey Wagner, IlliniInquire.com, joining us on the Tapman's Towing phone line. I know that Friday you're going to get the opportunity to go back, uh, I think, as I understood, to talk to Isaiah Williams. What do you think about his testing, what that will look like, what he can show there? I don't know that he's an electric in terms of straight line speed, maybe more of that, you know, Kajuki in a phone booth type of guy. But uh, what do you think of Isaiah's potential and and – have you guys gotten a chance to talk to him since he made the decision to stay to declare from the draft and stay in? You know, we haven't talked to him since then. I think speed, straight line speed, is going to be a big thing for him. That forty is going to be big. Like you can see his explosiveness. You can see his shiftiness when you turn on film. He's going to interview as well as anybody at that whole combine. When he goes in and talks to people, he's I would say one of the two or three most impressive people. And I don't think I'm alone in saying that who have covered him just to talk to. But it's just, you know, let's see how fast he runs. And in training, I know he and Tip Ryman have been training together, and he tried to kind of model his diet a little bit after Tip Ryman. He's looking a little thicker now and in a good way. Uh, but, yeah, let's see what he runs. I think that'll be important for him. I do think he's a day three guy. But where? You know, where at in day three? There's a lot of variance there. You know, if he runs well, I think that could really, really bode well. For Isaiah Williams, but I, I mean, I do look the things. Who he is, who he is, and those shiftiness and that explosion, I, that's still there, and I think that can still matter. You know, he can give you versatility as a punt returner, kick returner. I, I understand the Northwestern game. I understand what happened there and some of those fumble issues on special teams. I mean, in the slot, like there, there's value in having you know being able to do multiple things like that. So I'm really interested to talk to him and, and kind of see the feedback. He's gotten and Derek is not Isaiah Williams, but a name who you know, keeps coming up a little bit. And people you talk to is Tip Ryman. Uh, he people I talk to says he's just so much bigger in the way that he's trained. And he's a guy who's probably different than Johnny or Isaiah in the sense of you know doesn't have that necessarily college production as much as you you know maybe have seen, but he, he's. He's probably going to test okay. I think there's an expectation that he's going to go over there and he's going to test fairly well combined with his, his frame. He's a guy that I, I think might get a little more buzz. You know, I, again, I still think a day three guy, but might be getting a little bit more buzz as you get further into this draft process. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I had this thought, Joey. I might as well ask it. I mean, I want your opinion on it. it the fact that Tip could be a guy that gets picked or, or even gets an undrafted free agent opportunity and will be in a training camp versus a guy like Luke Ford, whose people were so fired up about when he transfers in from, from Georgia and we know who he was as a high school prospect. Like, What do you think, as someone who watched it closely unfold, like, what do you think the difference was between Tip and, and Luke? Because I know with Luke you weren't talking about gaudy stats on the field either, but uh, what makes Tip – do you think more of a draftable prospect and a guy that maybe will catch on? If you look at his story, walk on, you know, tight end, skinnier guy, not, not a small guy by any stretch of the imagination, but the way he's worked himself. That's what I talked to again, Brugler today and talk about his story and the way that he's worked into this position. And, you know, he, he's, he's huge. He's a huge man and he's an extremely large individual who, again, I, I think he's going to test better than I would have thought when he declared. And I just think you see it with him. I think his work ethic is something that people rave about. I mean, absolutely 
just the fawn over his ability and the way that he dedicates himself to this. And I think there's been, you know, some people might disagree because the tight end position hasn't maybe been what we had thought it was going to be when Brett Bielema got hired. But you've seen steady improvement from Tip Ryman over the course of his career. And I think you, if you're going into the draft, you want to be on that upward climb, right? You don't want to be a guy who is exceptional as a sophomore and by a senior, you know, starting to dip. You see that, and I think that's something that going to resonate and he just he worked man like that you talk to anybody that's what it comes down to a tip round he just worked so stinking hard to be in this position and people notice that and there's cliche for sure but like Brent Bielema's got a lot of contact people in that building have a lot of contact and when you're asking about tip Ryman they're going to get overwhelmingly positive reviews about him I mean you know go from a walk-on to a team captain starting tight end combine invite like that that's a big journey it's a big step and uh, i i think people are starting to see that great stuff joey i know we're going to have you in studio here on friday you'll be making your way back from indy again we'll talk more combine then my last thing though you mentioned isaiah wanting to get a little bit thicker like he could have just called up me and you and and tapped into our road game uh eating habits and whatnot uh, I think it was after Purdue. We were at a gas station, like a Love slash Hardee's, sitting in Hardee's having a burger at like 1 a.m. That that would have been a way if you wanted to, to bulk up a little bit. I think it's an untapped market for you and I. <laughs> you always hear these kids come in and say, oh, I got to eat all this. And I, we were talking, funny enough, you mentioned that, Derek. We were talking about Alex Pilsen, the former Illinois center, or walk-on tight end. Like, you know, that guy – he was living the dream. He got to eat Chinese. He said he ate Chinese food every day. Wow. Like, man, I do that, but no, like, no one praises me. Like, <laughs> you, you, you do that. No one praises us. There's not tap market there for you and I to get out there and, and help people. Help people really cultivate masks here. I don't know that a lot of strength coaches would tell them to return our calls, but right. I think if you and I could at least get a one call in there and maybe get one. I think. One consultation before before we have people lose our numbers. In we, her, yeah. we, we can catch on somewhere. Uh, recommend a sixer of Diet Coke at a at a basketball game. Haven't done that this year. I did it in Maryland last year, but I'm probably saving my best for the postseason. Uh, on that note, look forward uh, to hitting I got to tell you, we, we stopped at Chipotle on the way, as, as we tend to do for yeah. parents and I. And he made us eat in the road. He, he's got you know, he's got a real job. He's got an anchor at six. And I thought, buddy, we're getting Diet Coke. We can't leave the stop machine without topping off. True. So you pay for a large, you actually get a large. Speaking of Diet Coke, we could have sat there and had a few, but what are you going to do? <laughs> I appreciate your insights and your humor, man. Look forward to uh, hanging out on Friday, and um, definitely we got some road trips coming up. So thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. Appreciate your picker. Joey Wagner on the Tapman's Towing phone line does a great job for com. Read his stuff. He's got an article up already on Johnny Newton. We'll have more coming on Keith Randolph, and he will be back in Indy on Friday to talk to Isaiah Williams. So he does a great job, as you know and read already. So uh, we'll catch a break. We'll catch another guest, too, on the other side. Let's talk some more Illinois and Minnesota tonight with Ryan James, who works for the Minnesota 24-7 site. We'll get the perspective of the Gophers, Ben Johnson squad, what Illinois has to look look for tonight out of this team and, and what maybe strikes some fear in the Gophers' on the Illini side going into a big one for both teams. Really, you know, it's almost March, so everyone is big. 217-359-2255 if you want to weigh in on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. We'll be back. This is The Drive.
Illini fans, gear up to support your Fighting Illini men's and women's basketball team this year at the official fan store of the Fighting Illini Game Day Spirit. From buy one, get one free basketball t-shirts to official NIL merchandise, Game Day Spirit has everything you need to support your Fighting Illini. Shop with them in store at the corner of Neal and Kirby in Champaign, 6th and Green in Campus Town, or online 24-7 at gamedayspirit.com. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. When it comes to finding a reliable vehicle, look no further than Sarah Champagne, your trusted automotive destination. They carry a lineup of top brands, including Honda, BMW, Subaru, GMC, and Buick. And they're not just about cars. They're about people. Their team is dedicated to providing you with trustworthy service and dependable vehicles that fit your lifestyle. Experience the difference at Sarah Champagne. Visit Sarah, S-E-R-R-A, Champagne.com. Hey, where are you headed? To Kelsey Furniture in Tuscola. What do they have there? What don't they have there? Living room furniture, benches, chests, love seats, sectionals, tables, bedroom sets, hutches, nightstands, end tables, cabinets, mirrors, stools, clocks, lamps, pillows, rugs, desks, media consoles, patio furniture, Tempur-Pedic mattresses, and more. So, everything. Yeah, probably could have uh, just said that. Kelsey Furniture, quality for less. Looking for a place to host a corporate meeting, intimate gathering, or a large-scale celebration? If so, the University of Illinois' Alice Campbell Alumni Center offers the perfect space and staff to make your function a success. A few rooms offered at the center include the elegant ballroom, the Richmond Family Gallery, and the premier and professional executive boardroom. For more information on renting a space at the Alice Campbell Alumni Center, visit uiaa.org alumni center or call 1-800-355-2580. Go Illini! A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. When you're buying a battery, it's important to look beyond just the price and make sure you're buying a quality battery. So when you're buying one from the big box store, make sure you ask the question, what's the date on this battery? Is it dependable? Sometimes the big box stores have batteries that have been sitting on the shelf for years. Or you can just come to Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable, and buy your battery from the people who only do batteries. Interstate Batteries at 2504 North Madison Champaign, way out there, but totally worth the drive. How much is dependable worth to you? Interstate Batteries, open six days a week. The Alma Market is your one-stop shop for one-of-a-kind creations from the University of Illinois alumni and students, as well as unique finds from some of your favorite Urbana Champaign area businesses. Treat yourself or a loved one and support your fellow Illini today. If you're a University of Illinois student, alum, or Champaign-Urbana area business, feature your products on the Alma Market. Becoming a vendor is a great way to expand your reach and connect with Illini across the country. For more details, visit almamarket.org. Go Illini!
Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Let's transition back to the hoop side. We got action tonight at the State Farm Center, Illinois against Minnesota. Not the recent year version of Minnesota. Ben Johnson's got things turned around this season. 17-10 and 10 coming in, 8-8 eight and eight in the Big Ten. Been a very respectable squad and got some talent that we'll learn more about as we go to the Tapman's Towing phone line. We'll bring in Ryan James. Does a great job for the Minnesota site on 24-7, Gopher Illustrated. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. It's been uh, – we, we had a 60-degree day in Minnesota the other day, and it dropped down to four this morning. So, you know, oh my we're living gosh. up and down. Yeah, man. I can relate a little bit. You know, I was in the 60s, touching 70, and then uh, today in the, the 20s, it seemed. So, uh, we're, we're riding that wave with you all. That's, that's a little bit more extreme. Yeah, well, I mean – we usually get pretty extreme, but not this extreme. It's a little odd here this year, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as Minnesota basketball, though, I, you know, on the bright side of, of things, it's been a pretty good year. I, I don't know. I want to get your take maybe before we dive into this matchup tonight. Just big picture, what was the expectation for you and for people around the program going into this season? It was a tough couple of years for Ben Johnson until uh, this year where they've, they've turned it around. And then how do you compare it to what has been the reality? So just kind of preseason thoughts versus, you know, what has played out to be a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team. My preseason thoughts were different than probably most just because when Ben Johnson came to Minnesota, it was very clear that it was going to take time. And he he wasn't going to – he wanted to get young players and build them as opposed to getting a bunch of transfers. But that was set back a year because he lost almost everybody in his roster right away. So they had to fill holes, and then they had to start recruiting. So it was going to be a slow build, although it took a little bit more time than I think they expected. But this year, with with Dawson Garcia and Pharrell Payne up front, when you have that strong of a front court, there was just no way that I expected what many others were expected around the Big Ten areas, which was last place, 13th place. I figured they'd be more in that middle, low-middle area. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is kind of a little, probably a little bit better than I expected this season just because they're, they're, they brought nine guys back. And when you have nine guys back, there's more familiarity with what they're doing. And the two, two previous years, it wasn't like that. So this is a little bit better than I expected, but somewhat what, what I expected. We saw Pharrell Payne on that note, uh, sophomore this year, flashed some last season, came on and seemed second half of the season in particular and, and built on that. So the way that you mentioned Garcia and Payne are playing together, I know on Illinois' side with, with Gary A and Hawkins in the front court, they, of course, can bring Dane Danger off the bench. What do you think Illinois has in store with, with that front court duo and, and how do they play off of each other? The, the big thing about Pharrell and Dawson is they have probably the last six to seven weeks since Dawson came off of one of it, like it was an ankle injury. They formed the best high-low chemistry that they've had in their in their two years, and they've been playing their best high-low stuff together. You know, there was times when they first started, Pharrell wasn't exactly sure on spacing, so he'd bring his man close to Dawson. But Dawson and Pharrell have done a much better job and of playing off each other. So their numbers are flourishing. Dawson's kind of that 18 and seven guy or Pharrell. It depends on his minutes and he's got a bad back. 
So some games, the minutes will be down just because his back gets sore. But Pharrell will give you somewhere between 12 and 6. And just playing off each other, they, they do well defensively. They do well um, the high-low stuff. And they both rebound pretty good. So and it's, Pharrell's a low-post guy who can do a little one-dribble stuff. Where Dawson's been, you know, last seven, eight games, he's been shooting 50% from the arc. And he can give you a stretch four type game, but he can also catch at the at the elbow and take one dribble to the rim. And with that, he's pretty good. So they're different players. Ben Johnson kind of called him Thunder and Lightning the other day, kind of like your uh, Major League Two reference mm-hmm. from back in the day. But, uh, yeah, he kind of gave it Thunder and Lightning because um, they, they kind of complement each other that way. I want to ask you, too, about the backcourt. A couple of the new pieces there that Ben Johnson's been able to, to get and, and seem to, to really hit on. Elijah Hawkins, let's start there. Point guard who's top five in the country in assists and someone that's just lightning quick off the dribble. I know he's slider, and, and I wonder about tonight, Illinois' big lineup, trying to find matchups to post him up. But also, Illinois had some issues staying in front of guards, and boy, he's quick and a guy in transition to you got to watch out for. So the the Howard transfer coming in, how has this become one of the best dimers in the country? Uh, and, and what should Illinois fans look for in terms of his style and how he gets to his spots and sets people up? The, it, it was a rough road to get there because the first month, of the, the first month of the season, there was some rough patches. He got benched a couple times against Missouri and against San Francisco just by kind of the the way he was playing. But then as he started to learn what the way Ben Johnson wanted to use him, he has flourished. And while flourishing, it's been a a fantastic transition game, but they also do a good job of getting the ball, like a ball reverse back to him into a ball screen situation. And when against that scrambling defense, he does a great job attacking off the ball screen because he is so quick. On the flip side, there have been the struggle that Minnesota has had against the Purdue, for example. If he can't get off of that initial ball screen, it puts all the help defense in a, bad, in a into a bad situation. And there have been matchups. Iowa has been a struggle. Obviously, Purdue was a struggle. There have been struggles where the teams were bigger, where he gets stuck defensively. And I'm, all you Illinois fans are thinking, well, wow. Look at our signing lineup. And, and when I was doing the preview last night, I'm like, yeah, this is a nightmare scenario when it comes to what they could do to him in the ball screen. But on the flip side, if Minnesota can get stops, and if they can get some turnovers, he, is, he can be an absolute lightning rod in transition, both him flying to the rim, but more him pushing the tempo and kicking to a trail to a trail shooter, to a, a corner shooter, to somebody that runs to the rim. He's got – We have, the Gophers have a lot of lob threats, and he is one of the best lob passers you'll see. Ryan James is our guest on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Gopher Illustrated, you can follow him on Twitter, at RyanJamesMN. One of those guys that he can kick to for threes, Cam Christie, in-state product for Illinois. They had offered him but ultimately didn't push too heavily. And In and, and hindsight, I'm sure they – Looking at the season he's had, probably regretting that one a little bit. Uh, he's been firmly in the mix, Big Ten freshman of the year. I know that uh, Mike Mitchell, transferred from Pepperdine, has also shot at a pretty good clip. But uh, how how much of a threat do you think Cam is to Illinois? You always wonder. I, I think Illinois fans maybe internalize it like, oh, you know, you 
you get an in-state guy coming back, and, and a lot of those, there's been examples through the years of, of that guy kills Illinois, but I'm sure maybe there's been some from Minnesota through the years or I obviously around the country. But what do you think about Cam, the way he's playing and, and what he could present against his home state Illini? Well, when he gets when he catches in rhythm, like he gets a pass in rhythm off one of those bigs or off a of Hawkins, that's when he's the deadliest. Like, if he catches – uh, on a curl, if he catches on a quick pitch and he, and he gets his feet set, like usually that's a make. And for whatever reason, early in the second half is his deadliest time. So like the first six minutes of the second half, he just seems to flourish and knock down shots. And when he knocks down one, you usually feel two or three are coming. Um, he just fits really well with the ball movement, with, 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 with what Minnesota has. And he's really – there were some early season struggles, but once he got into that starting lineup and earned his spot, he just did so much to keep that spot. Defensively, he's been getting better. You know, he still needs to add some core strength, still needs to get – you know, there's, there's, there still are some times where it gets tough for him just being a freshman – playing against so many, you know, three-year, four-year players that are so well physically developed. But for the most part, the defense has gotten better, and all around his game has gotten better. He'll play some, he'll play some secondary ball handling roles as well. If you look at Minnesota throughout February, 4-0 at home, 0-3 on the road, I know that's not necessarily unique uh, when you look around the league and, and how tough it is to, to win away from home. But And it's not like they, outside of Nebraska, I know that was a tough one they're coming off of, but – they had a 10-point lead at Purdue. They lost only by five at Iowa. So uh, could you take me back to that Purdue game? Like what a team that has everybody's respect, that I think is probably an example of what they could do tonight at State Farm Center is, is give Illinois a real run. Like what put them in a position to be up 10 and what has allowed them to play well on the road at times but maybe not getting it done in terms of winning the game? Well, one thing that the Gophers have really done is they have been able to they've been able to defend the arc very well. They've been able to limit the amount of threes, good quality threes that the opposition takes. So you have that. Um, they, the Gophers are also, when they're in a rhythm, they're really good at sharing the basketball and setting each other up. And in that Purdue game for a while, there was a lot of shooters that had good days. Cam Christie, Mike Mitchell Jr., and, um, and Elijah Hawkins, good percentage three-point shooters. And Dawson Garcia, the last seven, eight games, has also been shooting from the perimeter well. So they had all, all of those things were clicking, and it, was, and it was going well. But then what ended up happening was, as I said earlier, Edie, Edie would take Hawkins out of the play, would force, and Pharrell Payne would go with the ball. Pharrell's really good at moving off the ball screen uh, into his hard hedge. And that, but the problem there is Edie would release off a of Hawkins and that leaves Dawson Garcia back there. Well, do I take Edie away from being a dunk or I leave my guy, Mason Gillis and Mason Gillis just killed them with corner threes. And then that, that scenario is where the Gophers got buried. But up until that point, when all those, you know, corner threes started to open up, they had to take away the role after the ball screen. Once, all, once that started happening, they couldn't stay with Purdue anymore. But in order to get there, the Gophers have to be able to shoot the ball well. They have to be able to handle a ruckus atmosphere. They did that at Mackey Arena for a while. They did not do that in any way, shape, or form in Lincoln. Hmm. 
few more minutes here with Ryan James. I know you wrote your preview up. You can read it on, on Gopher Illustrated. What kind of stood out when you looked at Illinois? I know you've spoken to it a little bit in terms of their size, but anything else in terms of the matchup that will be really key in determining the outcome you think tonight? Illinois is, I guess the word, heavier. I don't really want to say heavier. That doesn't always, in basketball, it doesn't always give you the right image. But I guess heavier slash stronger. The Gophers are going to have, most of the night, the three lightest dudes on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Illinois is a prodding basketball team. It's a talented, physical, mature basketball team, from what I can tell. And I don't like this matchup for Minnesota, just because as good as Hawkins and Mitchell are, I, they, they, Hawkins, Hawk, they're both going to be smaller than what they're up against. And, and athletically, you know, Illinois is, has that piece as well. I, the, the matchups just don't seem to fit for Minnesota. And to be honest with you, after watching how soft Minnesota played in Nebraska, it's kind of hard for me to believe that all of a sudden, a few days later, they're going to be on the road again, playing in the wildest atmosphere, and all of a sudden it's just going to change. I, it's, I, think, I think it's going to be a rough night for Minnesota. They better be motivated or it's going to get away from them quick. But at the same time, in this Big Ten, it's like I also believe after this game, if it goes as I expected and Illinois wins like 12-13, Minnesota's going to turn around and win some home games. Because that's kind of what happens in this conference. And then you never know what the refs in the Big Ten are going to do. That is an absolute bewildering who the heck knows what's going to happen when it comes to our referees in the Big Ten. It's so bad. Uh, the Illinois-Iowa game on Saturday, just Terrible. how how close and tight it was called in the second half versus the free-flowing first half, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's bewildering. And I'll tell you this. The second worst game I've seen this year was Minnesota beating Maryland at home. That game was absolutely atrocious, but nothing was like in the Breslin Center with Tom Izzo, the way he controlled those crap. Uh-huh. There should almost be a study on <laughs> 30 for 30 about that game. It was insane. Uh, he whines as much as anybody in the country. And, uh, I mean, you see yeah, it every, every uh, cutaway. But, uh, Ryan, we really appreciate the time. Great stuff. And uh, look forward to catching up with you on uh, down the road. So, thanks for joining the show today, man. Excellent, excellent. Always love talking basketball. And, hey, like, I used to go down there as a manager, and they used to have the, there was a steakhouse down there with the best skillet cookie I've ever had. Really? And because of that, I got to make a skillet cookie before this game. <laughs> enjoy that man enjoy it uh that sounds good to me but uh yeah let's uh always talking hoops is great and uh we'll we'll have to dial dial you up at some point again man sounds good have a good afternoon you too ryan james go for illustrated does a great job minnesota 24 7 site uh, i know that him speaking there as far as the matchup and he doesn't like it for minnesota probably is uh some encouraging for the line fans tonight definitely if they play with the same type of game they brought in Lincoln or didn't bring it it could get ugly for them but I will say I mean as I pulled up that that film that replay uh in preparing for my own coverage I mean that defense that Nebraska was playing it's not just a a flaw in the metrics to say that Nebraska I don't know I haven't seen enough uh, of course across the country or uh, enough of Nebraska basketball say yeah they've been the best defense in the country in the month of February but it was a intense defensive effort really collapsed on the paint they doubled Garcia in the in the mid post and made his his night tough whenever Payne got a back down they were sending action at him and I was just really impressed I, I think of Nebraska maybe more so as a 
offensive team with Rink Mast and and Casey Tomanaga and and what they can do at that end of the floor. But it was impressive to see them defensively. And you even think you know Penn State scored what forty eight at Nebraska, then turned around and put ninety on Illinois and and State College. So that is uh, another thing you do have to consider. We'll see how much tenacity and and energy and focus Illinois has at the defensive end tonight. We'll get some final thoughts on Illinois and Minnesota on the other side of this break. Stick with us for that. This is The Drive. Introducing Logic Coworking, where productivity meets comfort. Elevate your work experience at the best coworker facility in the area. With state-of-the-art amenities, high-speed internet, and a vibrant community, Logic Coworking is your ideal workplace. Enjoy flexible plans, ergonomic workspaces, and collaborative environments. Your perfect workspace is waiting for you because at Logic Coworking, they're not just coworkers, they're collaborators. Visit logic.work for details. I'm Justin Eich, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first or you call me second, make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. BMW, Buick, GMC, Honda, and Subaru. Welcome to Sarah Champagne. We can handle all your car repairs on site, including paintless dent repair, bumpers, windshields, everything in between. We have an amazing selection of new or pre-owned vehicles to choose from. Shop from home and buy online or reserve your vehicle before it hits our website or dealership. Sarah Champagne is home of the Sarah One Price Promise, delivering an honest and transparent buying experience. Hurry in or shop online at sarahchampagne.com. Hi, I'm Tyler Weaver, president of Carpet Weaver's Flooring and Furniture Gallery. Take a look around your home. Is it finally ready for some much-needed updates? If you don't know where to start, then just meet with one of our experts. We'll help you find the perfect waterproof plank floor for your kitchen or that stain-resistant, super-soft carpet for your bedroom. Finish your room update with a custom sofa and chairs or choose a trendy in-stock dining set that's priced right. Come home to Carpet Weaver's, where floors, furniture, and family meet. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. 
Hi, I'm JT Barnhart, the president of OSF Heart of Mary Medical Center. Really want to promote our emergency room services at Heart of Mary. Uh, getting ready to do a campaign just to show the community what a great service that is. When you're in a health emergency and you need care, our team at Heart of Mary will take great care of you and we'll get you in and out. Our wait times are usually less than 10 minutes. Door to provider times have run under 15 minutes. And so you're going to see a physician in less than 20 minutes when you come to Heart of Mary ER. Think that a sensational service for the community. One other area I want to promote is that OSF Heart of Mary is in network with your health insurance provider. We take all insurances, everything that is in the community, all payers, our providers, our hospital, our ancillary departments, our new surgery center, and our urgent cares accept your insurance. And so if you're having trouble getting in with a provider, know that OSF can see you timely, quickly, and we take your plan. By now, you've all heard the expression, when you turn the key and the car won't run, call 367-9481 for PDR Automotive. They are what's best for your truck or car. They are PDR. But who are they? They, the PDR staff, understand that a name is only as good as the people that represent it. The PDR staff has more than 335 years of combined automotive experience, several employees now on staff for more than 25 years. PDR, more than just a name. Family owned and operated, now celebrating over 50 years in business are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out all different shades of black and ready to put a little color in your life come work for us at aftershock we're looking for a guy with experience in wrapping whether it be window tinting vinyl wrapping anything of that sort or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do you know those wraps with troy lands on the back waving at you that's our work Call us, 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at aftershockdd.com. We want you. Enough here on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. We've almost made it. Appreciate a text from the 217. Good job flying solo, Derek. Thanks for keeping the drive alive. Happy to do it. Sean says, as far as the Illinois game tonight, can't sleep, walk through this one. Illini take care of business. I do think if Illinois brings it, they should be able to get it done. Again, you're sitting as a 10.5, 11-point favorite thereabouts very much expected to win this game. Ryan James spoke to it. In terms of the matchup, I do think being able to play booty ball against Elijah Hawkins, Cam Christie's not a very physical guard. I think you can get some of those opportunities as well. I hope Illinois doesn't settle as much from three, although like Ryan said, that is something Minnesota wants to do is take away the three ball. So maybe they're trying to force you into driving lanes. Yes, they do have Pharrell Payne and Dawson Garcia with some length around the basket. Payne, I know, is, is not like one of the elite shot blockers in the Big Ten, but I think he's top 10 in the league in terms of that. And Minnesota does, percentage-wise, contest a decent amount around the basket and at the rim. So we'll see how Illinois does with that. I'd, I'd firmly expect a back, bounce-back game from Terrence Shannon. Uh, I think also you're going to need a, a very engaged and a building off of last last Saturday's 
real bounce back uh, out of Coleman Hawkins. And really, I, I spoke to it at the beginning of the show. This front court, I like the form that they've had of late to then push this ahead forward into this game. And when you got good minutes out of Dane, you got good minutes out of Amani off the bench in the last contest to know that you're going to face a, a pretty good front court in Garcia and Payne. And I think Gary Ace shown flashes, still waiting for that real kind of signature he's back type of game. He had a, a couple moments like the big flush against Iowa, also had a nice put back uh, finish where he skies for a rebound, almost essentially knocks Imani out of the way. who's was trying to chase it as well and then puts it back in. But I think in terms of him really having a, a full across-the-board game where it's like, okay, he's back in double-double range or he's just playing with such tenacity defensively. That's, that's one thing I do look for tonight is like if, if Hawkins is going to play on Dawson Garcia, then Gary is really going to be important against Pharrell Payne, keeping him off the glass. And then they screen a lot with Payne. So does that mean that Gary A is actually the one playing a lot of that ball screen defense? I don't know if that's necessarily ideal for Illinois. I think they'd rather have Coleman in that mix, even though Coleman's had some some flaws at times defending ball screens. But I still think that him being more accustomed to that and then also having his length uh, and just kind of kind of quick twitch reactions when Elijah Hawkins on that note on the the small 5'11 speedy guard for Minnesota gets downhill so uh that'll be interesting I think just the defense is something I'm really looking looking for tonight to see how they they turn out and show up Minnesota's going to be hungry they're fighting for any last glimmer of hope at a tournament or just building their NIT resume they need a, a road win really bad in general as for the prediction I think Illinois gets it done I do think Minnesota's streak of, of covering these games does continue, though. I, I have it just slightly below a double-figure win for the Illini. 85 high-scoring for Illinois, as it has seemed to be a lot here lately, but also high-scoring for the opponent. 